This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Yes, here we are at 6.02 on a Monday. It's Lundy Gras. I think it's President's Day. But we're here. For the next three hours, we'll recap everything that took place over the weekend. There was plenty to get into, uh, and we're here for all of it. 694-1055 is the number. Of course, you can get us in the app at WNSP.com. If you're one of the few that are working today, I salute you. If you're still awake from the weekend's festivities, I salute you. And if, of course, you're just getting up, then I feel for you. Good morning, Lee. How are you? Hey, Mark. Good morning to you. We had a lot to cover. And I put in the promo on Friday, covered a lot of events. We'd be covering, well, the NBA All-Star Game, Daytona 500, Tiger Woods and the Genesis. I left out the XFL and never thought I'd be leading with that. But I'm not big into spring football. I'll admit it. I don't watch hardly any of it. Um, but I started to watch this St. Louis game because A.J. McCarron was quarterbacking, and I didn't stay with it and kind of disappointed. Now, I did not see the last two or three minutes because St. Louis was down 15-3 to and came back to win as A.J. threw two touchdown passes, uh, connected on a three-pointer because they do have different rules, and then took advantage of the uh, what, they, what the newspapers – that was calling a quirky rule, but who knows? It may wind up in the NFL one day where after St. Louis scored Mark and cut the deficit to 15 to 12, they had the touchdown and the three-pointer. So they decided instead of going for an onside kick, you get the option of a fourth and 15. And so they said, all right, we'll go fourth and 15. And they connected. McCarron hit a pass, connected, let him down the field. Game-winning touchdown pass with seconds to go. So, look, I can't sit here and say, arguably, it was the greatest XFL game this weekend because I didn't see the other three. But I, that one would be hard to uh, surpass when you have a 15-3 deficit in the final two minutes and you come back and win. So, kudos to AJ. And, you know, he had his family there. At least two of his boys came on the field. It was very emotional for him. And uh, it's a good start. Yeah, it's, uh, you talk about a league designed to uh, play to the fans. The XFL executed, at least in that game, to perfection. I mean, it, it had everything that you would normally scratch your head about uh, when it comes to football, but it worked for AJ. They didn't score a touchdown until like three minutes left in the game, and then all of a sudden uh, it was just like this bonanza of scoring. And every, I mean, in that last final drive, they, comp- they also completed a fourth and long uh, in addition to uh, the the quote-unquote onside kick. So it was certainly drama-filled there and a kind of a storybook ending. I saw the end of that game. I, I was with you. I started watching it, uh, and then I was like, eh. Um, and then I went back to it later to see how it ended, and, um, it, man, it was it was a crazy ending. And Hines Ward just sat there like he had no answer. See, he's the coach for the other team. He looked absolutely and totally shell shocked, stunned. Whatever word you want to use, he did not. He just stood there. He he had no answer. If you cannot get a stop in the XFL, you are. I mean, there is no way in hell you're ever going to see the ball again. The uh, the games weren't all that high scoring, but what, but there is one game, and we had two quarterbacks from this area that were starting AJ 
and then Brandon Silvers. And it seems like any league that surfaces, Brandon Silvers is there. And then when I, I guess I heard it was like a promo, tune in to watch Brandon Silvers and Houston. And he had a pretty good game, uh, 272 yards, a couple of touchdown passes as Houston won its opening game. So of the four games this weekend, two are won with quarterbacks from this area, McCarron and Brandon Silvers. And again, I can't really come on and say, I have that much knowledge of the games. I kind of like that fourth and 15. I wonder if the NFL will eventually copy that, you know, instead of the onside kick. Um, how do I feel about the fourth and 15? It certainly adds some excitement. So obviously it's one of those deals where if, if it's your team, you're going to be for that rule. And then uh, I think a lot of traditionalists out there would be like, you know, it's kind of like the NBA all-star game. Like if you don't want to play defense and you're good enough on offense, you won't ever have to play defense. Now, 4th and 15 is not something easily attainable, and it's a high-risk, high-reward, because if they had not gotten it, the game would have been over, right? Because the other team would have taken possession right there at the 25. But, man, they got the first down. So um, it certainly adds some excitement to the game. Speaking about excitement, although I didn't see it, Daytona 500, uh, the longest race ever in terms of laps and in terms uh, of miles. And Ricky Stenhouse, who had not had a, a victory since 2016, uh, winds up in victory circle just ahead of Joey Logano. Another major story was Tiger Woods. Uh, th there was a lot of uh, back and forth as to whether he would survive the cut, and he did. And not only that, but he finished up one under par. Now, he, he wasn't in the running at the end. John Rahm wins the uh, Genesis. But Tiger uh, finished a one under 16 show, uh, shots off the lead. He was tied for 45th. Says he's going to compete in the majors and maybe a few other tournaments sprinkled there, in, therein. So, and he had a good round on Saturday, Mark. I think he had a 67, had a 69 on the opening round. So there were shades. There were there was a glimmer of hope that you know Tiger, in a sense, I'm not going to say was all the way back, but uh, was competitive at least. And, you know, nowhere near the, the leader, of course. But the fact is he did survive the cut, hadn't played like in seven months on a PGA Tour. So I'd say kudos, uh, things went well for him this weekend. I don't know if things went really well for him. Well, like I say, you finished one under par. You haven't played in a long, long time. Yeah, and and you made the cut and physically you were able to go the four rounds. Yeah, I, I, from that standpoint, I think he's got to be pleased. Uh, he, he had to walk back a a, a a joke. He had uh, a prank. He uh, he pulled on Justin Thomas, um, which I thought was completely and totally overblown here. Um, so he out he outdrove Justin Thomas, and as a joke, he handed him a tampon. Well, of course, people saw this and ran with it, and so now he has to issue an apology. And uh, he is getting slammed from every which way. Who would have thought years ago that Tiger would even be involved in any kind of a joke because he was so steely-minded? You know, he he really didn't have any contact with anybody on the course back when, during his heyday. You would never, ever, ever get Tiger in a, in a situation like this, even kibitzing with another golfer or having fun with another golfer i thought the uh here's my problem with all the negative backlash it's not like he publicly went out and like tried to shine a light on this joke he he kind of covertly slid him this this gag uh 
I don't. I'm. I'm not a. I'm not a tiger fan. I'm not anti-tiger. I just think we we get overly sensitive about everything that these guys or girls do, and all of a sudden now it's like this big huge deal. Um, lighten up. See, I'm with you, Mark. Who cares? I mean, he had a little bit of a joke. Obviously, this was not all jokes land. You know what I mean? Yeah. I look. He and Thomas are good buddies. And, and again, you couldn't say that about Tiger years ago. He he really didn't have many friendships. It was just Tiger and do what he could to win tournaments, which he did. So I, I'm with you. I, you know, I know the media blows things up, and especially since it's Tiger. But did we ever hear a reaction from Justin Thomas? Like, no, oh, I he mean, cared. He kind of laughed and yeah. I guess threw it on the ground. But yeah. you know, we it, it got negative backlash because it was. It had this negative connotation to win it or to women, and I just felt like, you know, there are negative connotations about men too. Like people, like people, always like to make make fun of the fact that you know when women are sick, they just kind of carry on. But like when 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 men get a cold, it's like they have you know, like they're on their deathbed, right? They're kind, you know, I don't know. It just it just felt like. I just felt like it was completely and totally overblown, and we are a society, and I say this more often than I care to, we are a society that is not happy unless we're complaining about something. And that's very true. That is very, very true. Very little positive, most of it negative, and like I said, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, He'd never be saying this about Tiger. I mean, because he didn't. He wasn't playful on the course. He wasn't. He wasn't giving. Right. He's different now. He smiles. He actually talks to people. Yeah. So uh, you guys can jump in on all that, but uh, yeah. He so he that was probably the biggest Tiger Woods story of the weekend, uh, which tells everything we need to know as as sports fans. Uh, how we how we watch and cover sports these days? Yeah, and and again, I I agree with you. Although for me, it was what he did on the course and the fact that he finished. I didn't care about the prank; didn't even bother me at all. I I'm just not gonna you know worry about stuff like that. I'm I'm hoping he gets back and and, and competes well in in a major this year. It's a great story. Um, I didn't see the NBA All Star Game. I listened to the overnight, and the reasons I didn't watch it is because to me, it's really a waste of time, but I think when you saw the final score, and I knew it would be kind of high, 184 to whatever it was, I, Mark, there were only seven fouls called in the game. That's That tells me all I needed to know, that nobody was really out there busting his hump. And, you know, I heard the overnight people, they were really, really ridiculing uh, the game and telling Adam Silver that, you know, how can you, you must be embarrassed by a product like this. Look, People want to go out and pay top dollar to see up and down basketball like layup drills. That's fine. I don't care. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I don't have to watch it. And, you know, I you got the skilled players out there doing their, you know, darndest not to hustle or, uh, you know, just to go out there and shoot baskets like Tatum did with the 55. But, boy, I tell you, over that overnight show, they really blasted this. And they put it in the same breath as the NFL Pro Bowl. That's saying so. I don't. I don't think it's as bad as the NFL Pro Bowl. And and Nick, you can jump in because I have no doubt you watched it. I watched the All Star Game. I thought, uh, yes, there was no defense being played, and that part of it was kind of. Eh. But what these guys do, especially with Jason Tatum, was doing from the three point line, 
uh, whether they were playing defense or not, dude just, he was just, he was bombing them. He was absolutely bombing them. And, um, you know, you mentioned the seven fouls. One of them was intentional. It was Giannis trying to get out of the game because he was hurt. But, um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen in the past they've done a little more defense under this new format. But I do believe, Nick, because uh, Giannis's team was so far ahead with the three-point shooting that there just wasn't a whole lot of reason to play defense late when, when things were supposed to get competitive. Yeah, it was a ugly game. I turned it off after the first quarter. Just wow. my eyes couldn't take it anymore. Uh, I thought that the Saturday night all-star stuff was good. The dunk contest, three-point, uh, the skills challenge. They did some little, weird little mini games. Yep. That was okay. But what they need to do, everyone who's an all-star, one-on-one tournament. That would be fun. One-on-one or maybe 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 three-on-three. Maybe draft or somehow come up with teams. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate the draft process. It was a little yeah. long. It was a little long, but I didn't mind the draft right before the game. I thought that was kind of cool. Let me interject. What was wrong with the old format, East versus West, or however it's? What's wrong? Because the two highest scores, ironically, were both from the Celtics, but they were on different teams. But it, it, it added to me. I always liked knowing well. It's the East against the West. What was wrong with that? I don't know. I, I never understood why they changed all that. Was there? This is kind of, well, the draft leads to people want to watch it to see, oh, did this player get picked last? What's LeBron's reasoning for picking this guy here? Whatever. When it's just East-West, I mean, if you have a stacked Western Conference or a stacked Eastern Conference. Well, you have good players on in both leagues, I mean, I, I don't know if there was that much. I think of a they were difference. just trying to pump some energy back yeah. into the game Be, for all the same reasons that people don't like it now. People didn't like it then. I just, uh, I was just curious what what the difference because it, it's. I mean, you don't really unless you're you're just rooting for LeBron's team uh, because you don't really have a a dog in the hunt. You're not saying, well, I'm a Celtic fan, so I'm rooting for the East, or I'm a Knicks fan rooting for the East, or a Laker fan rooting for the West because you, it doesn't wind up like that. That's. I know. Again, I, I back it. I just never understood why what was wrong with that format. But you I mean, guys it, explained it. Adds it. to mixture because let's say you play in the Western Conference for ten years, you would never, ever, ever get to be on an All Star team with Giannis in that scenario that you're speaking of, because you can do the draft and pick where you want to go. It leads to being able to play with players that you never would get the chance to. Um, that might have in this day and age of everybody jumping shit. Yeah, really. That, that, that may right. not so much be the case. But but to you, I thought it was odd that Giannis, with the first pick of the starters, went, went with Embiid. I thought that was very. Right, 626 short segment here as we went uh, real long there in our um, in our first segment. But you guys can jump in at 694-1055. Yeah, when we come back at 630, we'll go over some of the high school basketball, talk one of the coaches, Mark, and kind of give you a, a look at the schedule today. We have a number of teams in action uh, up there in Montgomery today and then maybe catch up on what happened over the weekend. So, you know, that's we certainly want to talk about the high school tournament because now we're down to the regional semis, and in some cases, getting close to the regional finals. 
tough way you mentioned auburn man tough way to lose on that one it was just a high ball screen you know mark okay i Dude left got to the rim i left the spring hill game they they had kentucky state on the ropes they were looking to end a 10 game losing streak and they score i think i think there was about 10 seconds to go and kentucky state drives the length of the court and scores a layup and they win as Spring Hill missed the final shot. Kabamba missed a shot that could have won the game. Come home, turn on the Auburn-Vanderbilt game, and it's almost like deja vu all over again, watching Vandy score a layup. Why why didn't anybody just step in there and try to take a charge? Yeah. How do you um, let a guy like that just go coast to coast? Yeah, I, I don't have an answer. I'm watching this Auburn play over and over, and nobody commits uh, the high ball screen. There wasn't much of a switch there. Uh, he blew. He got blown right by. It's just for a team that prides itself on defense, and you know that 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 goes with the, the way Auburn is. You know, this supposedly a very good defensive team. To let a guy like that in the final seconds just blow right by you. And go in and score an uncontested layup. Okay, what's the worst that can happen? You take a charge. They do call a foul on yeah. you, which means you got to send the guy to the line and hope that he makes uh, both shots. And then your guy playing defense in the corner jabbed at him but didn't go. I guess he was trying to prevent the the kick out and the shot. But yeah, just it it it's not it's not it's it's a tough way to lose, man. Yeah, Jerry Palm will join us at seven thirty. Going into the uh, today, Alabama's the overall number one seed. Now, that's preliminary. Most of the Brechtologists had Auburn right now slipping down to number eight. They've got, a, they've got some work to do. I, I really believe that. Uh, they have Ole Miss this week. They have to win that game. And then I think they have, what, Alabama and Tennessee. All right, back to back to back here. Brandon Garrett, St. Paul's basketball coach. Spring Hill assistant coach Pat Nyland and Travis Ryer here as we... Uh, we're live on this Lunday Gras edition. It's the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee and Nick from the sports station WNSP. Nobody knows your name. Make them remember your name. And don't miss a dunk. All right. Good luck, brother. All right. Big fan of yours. 632. Welcome back in. The opening kickoff here. Mark and Lee from the studios of WNSP. I think they'll bring back a remake of the movie White Man Can't Jump. There already are, actually. Uh, It'll have to be a third installment because there is another. There is one being made or it will be released uh, here shortly, I think, believe it or not. All right, let's uh, update you on what goes on today in high school basketball regionals. Uh, We've got uh, St. Paul's, both boys and girls, in action today and both playing Eufaula. And also uh, today we've got uh, Viger. Uh, They're going to be competing today. And so is Williamson. And uh, Viger has taken on Charles Henderson and so uh, the Williamson girls and the Viger boys. So that's what we've got on tap today. 
On the line with us right now is Brandon Garrett. He's the head coach for the St. Paul's uh, boys team. Brandon, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Good morning. I'm good. I'm good. Up doing some last minute scout watching and then Sam watching, getting ready for an exciting game today, an exciting opportunity for the school today. So, all right. I'm, so, I'm what, what, what's coming up here in your last minute uh, scouting report? What What do you see? What's going to help? This this making sure I, I didn't miss anything. Make sure I'm not I'm not missing something to tell the guys or, or that one little thing, maybe a out of bounds or just one little habit that I can maybe find that'll give us maybe something just to, for confidence. It's small. And preparedness is everything for these kids nowadays. Just give them confidence and just give them that composure. Uh, give them that 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 that, that peace of mind that, that they can play and try. My my goal is always try to take the thinking out of it for for this. So the only thing I got to do is just go out and play and execute. So. Five A boys regional semifinal. How do you match up with your follow? Uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, they have three guys size wise and athletically that some tremendous athletes. Um, that's going to be the challenge. Um, trying to keep them off the boards. And not the paint. If we can, if we can control that area of the, of the game, that aspect, um, we give ourselves a, a pretty good opportunity. Um, and then they're one heck of a team in transition. They have two wing guys who are really, really explosive athletes. So that our work's kind of cut out for us today. Coach, uh, how difficult is it to get these guys? It's probably, I can't imagine it's too difficult, but here we are in the middle of Mardi Gras season. Here we are on Monday. Most people are off. We're not. You guys clearly aren't. What, what was? When did you guys uh, get up there? What's what's kind of been the routine, and how hard has it been to try to keep them in a routine? Uh, for my guys, I, I think um, they're excited. Um, again, this is the third time in the last, I guess, since 2000 that we've been to the Sweet 16, so it's a unique opportunity. Um, I don't know if anybody's been further, so for my guys, it's kind of been a great motivation for them um, just to be able to write some a, a new chapter in the history books here at St. Paul's and, and be a part of um, what we're trying to build, what I'm trying to build as a, in a, as a basketball program and my legacy. Um, so routine for us has been kind of normal. We came up yesterday evening, um, had some team some team dinner and, and had uh, some fun times just sitting there eating and watching the All-Star game last night. Um, so it's, it's, it hasn't been as challenging as I thought. Um, but this excitement of being able to play playoff basketball is, is, is usually pretty, pretty a good amount for these guys and keeps them pretty focused. So, And then plus our girl, having our girls team here yeah. makes it extra special as well. No doubt. What got you this far? What got you to this place? Playing a heck of a game and a double overtime game against LaFleur. Um, lost the area championship to five, um, about five points to a, a very scrappy and good vodka team. Being down 30, um, 13 points in the third quarter against Williamson at, at their place to rally back and go on an incredible run and, and play some incredible defense down the stretch. Um, to give give ourselves an opportunity to be at this point, man, this, this group of guys has been remarkable when he talks about just composure and having that extra level of grit you need to have to be good. Um, uh, a team that, that, that we thrive on being there for one another and, and, and being there and pick each other up, um, trying to fuel our engine with as much positive energy as possible, um, never letting any situation um, seem impossible. That's, that's kind of been our motto. That's kind of what we've been preaching all year. Um, and, and so far, it, it's gotten us this far. So I'm, I'm extremely proud of my guys. They, 
for some Warriors and, and then some great guys to be around every day. Are you playing at the Garrett Coliseum? Yes, sir, we are. are I guess the Coliseum girls are at 9 and, and we're at 1030. Are you worried about the depth perception, which has some coaches telling me that it's a little difficult? Yes, we 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 um we definitely talk about it. Um, we we play a game this year. Um, we try and go to uh, the Smoothie King Arena in, in New Orleans and play the Quarter Dreams experience that the Pelicans provide. Um, to try and give us a little bit of, of an experience. Um, doing that that game this year, we shot the ball incredibly well against a very good Fairhope team. So I don't know. I, I think we get enough. If you get enough shots up, I think shooting the basketball and doing warm ups, and you get enough shots and warm ups, you should be okay. Um, I don't think it should. I don't think it's gonna bother us that much. Tell your guys to wear to bring jackets, man. It's cold in that in that dump. I'll just call it what uh, it is, Coach. <laughs> I've never been to the Garrett Coliseum. Um, this is only my second time as a head coach coming to the regionals. My very first time, my first year as a varsity coach with Cottage Chill, and we played at Alabama State. So it's a little bit different venue. Um, so I'm excited to, to check it out and kind of that's a part of the, the fun part for me, trying to get those guys mentally ready. I, I like that the chess match of trying to get your guys mentally locked in and, and managing the mental side of the game. I think it's so important, and I kind of like trying to navigate it and, and push and, and take it with the guys, their, their buttons a little bit to get them engaged and stay engaged. That's, that's fun. So I like that, that added element. Well, before we let you go, tell us a little bit about your guys. I know uh, folks can, can check out the game today. Uh, if they're not going to Montgomery, and do it on the NFHS network. So tell folks uh, who we should be looking for. Uh, my, my three incredible seniors, um, Chris Bracey, I, I started point guard. Um, he's been our rock, um, been a leader for us all year. Joe Brown is, is a, a do-everything guy, scores yeah. it, important role on defense. And then Walton Jackson, who's our, our steady, our, our energy off the bench and brings us brings us an incredible amount of stability off the bench and leadership. So my three seniors, they're, they're, they're final hurrah. Um, I'm excited they get this opportunity. Um those guys are very special to me. have been a part of our program the last three years and have been a mainstay and an important piece. So those three guys are three names to, to keep an eye on and keep watch for. Big game for them tonight. Yep. Hey, c- thanks for spending a little time with us, man. Uh, congratulations on all the success. Uh, best of luck there at Garrett Coliseum. And uh, we look forward to talking again soon, Coach. Congrats. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a great week. Great, great week. That's uh, St. Paul's coach Brandon Garrett. Uh, his uh, his St. Paul's team takes the floor at 10.30, 10.45, bef- right after St. Paul's girls do today. So best of luck to them. And then Viger, uh, they'll take on Charles Henderson and Williams, uh, Viger boys and then Williamson girls. And over the weekend, let's see if I can catch up on everything. McGill girls and boys both advanced. St. Luke's boys advanced. Theodore girls have advanced. Cottage Hills advanced. Anybody else? Blunt, blunt boys right, advance because yeah. McGill and Blunt play each other. Um, so yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of teams still alive as we uh, get into the Elite Eight round of. Oh, well, we state do have seven, eight, two. Daphne's in, still involved. Uh, Fairhope's involved. Foley girls and Daphne girls don't want to leave out seven, eight. Uh, quickly tell you about our guy Aiden Marks. You've heard me talk a lot about Aiden and what he does for people in our area. He's with uh, Medicare Insurance Advisors, and he can help you with any Medicare 
uh, questions or needs that you might have. His office is over there in Daphne on Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet. You can go see him or he can come see you. There's never a fee for his services. So make sure you give him a call, 463-0031. If you're thinking about retirement or switching over to Medicare, he's the guy you need to talk to, 463-0031. That's Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors. Um, You guys can jump in at 694-1055. We've plenty to talk about. Uh, Tiger Woods, AJ McCarron, we talked about earlier today. We'll continue to talk about, we might even bring it up with Travis coming up here a little bit. Unbelievable, uh, rally. If there was a rule put in by the XFL to keep teams involved, to make for an exciting rally in an XFL game, uh, that game had it. I mean, it pulled, they pulled out all the stops. Uh, so congratulations to AJ in what was, uh, the biggest story of the XFL, uh, week one. And, of course, uh, Auburn loses in a heartbreaker. Alabama just absolutely dominated. And, of course, we had NBA All-Star uh, weekend. So uh, we had plenty of going on here. And, of course, how many of you guys are working today? How many of you guys are just still awake from your festivities yesterday? Did did y'all do a little parading? You went to the boom-boom there, Nick? How'd it go? Can I, can I swallow this banana in my mouth before I say? Yo, bro, whatever you – whatever. I mean, do what you got to do. You okay? Yeah, I think so. All right. Yeah, I went down to the parades yesterday. Uh, The 92 Zoo crew, they had a little setup, food and drinks and everything. So I walked down there and stopped by, hung out for a little bit. Good for you. Lee, you been to a parade these days? Any any recently? Uh, It was about a week ago. Really? I was invited to the community bank get together at the battle house i did not stay for the parade uh, because of the commitment to broadcast spring hill however sure. however as i was looking for a place to park and driving down royal i had to wait until the entire floats went by so you could say i did see a parade there wasn't anybody on them they were driving them a to float get set was, up. i mean a a, flo- a, yes oh uh, peopleless float. Peopleless float. They they were being driven. So it took about ten minutes for all those floats to go by. So in essence, I saw remnants of a parade, but not the actual throw. Hmm. Okay. At the um, ninety two zoo setup, they were grilling like some uh, pork chops and chicken and stuff. Wow. Looked really good, but actually. I wasn't able to partake in any of that. What? Because I have started my completely vegetarian diet on Friday. And so I wasn't able to eat all the fun uh, chicken and pork chops and stuff. It looked really good, though. What's the... Uh, like the perfect charring on it, you know? Well, why Why are you... I don't want to get too personal here, but like, why, why the intense um, change in diet? Well... I had like three straight meals. So, you know, as carnivores or omnivores like we are, most of our meals are meat-centered, right? Would you agree? I would agree. So I had like three straight meals, all different variety, but all meat-centered. And I just got to the point where I was like, man, I don't know if I really like the meat that much. It was kind of just, I don't know. I just fell off it. And so then... 
uh, I was eating this beef jerky, the grossest beef jerky you can imagine. It's no such thing as gross beef jerky, but whatever. No, this one was horrible. It tasted like someone left a Jimmy Dean sausage patty in like the back of a car for months. Okay. So I'm like, but maybe that's just what beef jerky tastes like. But so I'm eating it and I'm like, man, this is so horrible. I'm going to force myself to eat this whole thing and this will be the last memory of meat in my mind and that'll make it easier to not go back. Hmm. And so far it's been working pretty well. But you just saw all the mil- meat being grilled at the zoo deal, and you thought, huh, how delicious does that look? It was charred just perfectly. See, but am I thinking that the meat is good, or am I thinking the, the cooking technique? Welcome back in. Wrapping up our number one here, the opening kickoff. Thanks for making us part of your morning. It's the opening kickoff. Yeah, tonight. Tonight I'll be uh, broadcasting Spring Hill's final home game there against uh, Central State. Mark, both teams come in. I think each team now with an 11-game losing streak. So, in a sense, something has to give. Obviously, every team will be going to Savannah for the – SIAC tournament, which starts on Saturday, so obviously Spring Hill. The thing is, like, and you've you've seen them play a bit this year. They've lost like their last three games by a total of five or six points. I mean, they're very competitive. Players going down with injuries, but that's probably the norm with a lot of teams. Do want to congratulate University of Mobile. They finished up with a nice winning record, uh, eighteen and ten, and they'll be competing Thursday in the SSAC tournament. And how about South Alabama? I texted uh, Richie Riley yesterday. He was on the golf course, I think, with his son. Ah, yes. I, do we know? I, I, when I got, when I talked to him, his son was somewhere in the top 25. He never got back to me to tell me where he finished. But how about South Alabama having now won six of seven, and they'll be taking on Texas State Wednesday night, and then a TV game, I think it's ESPN2 or ESPNU on Friday night. But the scores, what they did to Southern Miss and then ULM, I mean, they won each game by well over 30 points. So in essence, as South Alabama was ripping ULM and Alabama was crushing Georgia, I had a very competitive game and then, of course, saw the Vanderbilt uh, victory over Auburn by the uh, two points on that last-second layup by the uh, Commodores. But I, uh, I do, when Travis comes on, of course, for Jerry Palm, the NCAA committee now has come out with its preliminary seedings. This is not maybe the final, but it gives you kind of an idea of what they're thinking. And right now, they have Alabama as the overall number one seed. Hmm. With Houston second, Purdue three, and then Kansas four. But, I mean, overall, number one. Now, and that included the loss to Tennessee because they came out with it on Saturday. And then, of course, Alabama went out and just ripped Georgia to shreds. So uh, that kind of brings us up to date on what's going on in you know college basketball with the tournament starting for Spring Hill and Mobile in different venues, of course. South Alabama catching fire in the last week. Hopefully that can continue on to the uh, Sunbelt Conference Tournament. They have two more games to go. They're over 500 now. And 
It wasn't like they won, Mark. It's the margin of victory they won by. Yeah. Uh, you guys can jump in at 694-1055. That's the number. And, hey, guys, uh, we talked a lot about the XFL and AJ. It, what, is there Which rule of the XFL do you like the most? Which one don't you like? Um, you know, kickoffs now are a little bit different, too, because they line them up five yards apart uh, at the 35 and, and the 30, and they can't move until the guy catches the ball. I like that one, number one. Do you like that one? Yeah, because I think it, it has more kickoff returns, whereas today in the NFL, it just seems like every every kick goes into the end zone. So I like the fact that it, it brings about more kickoff returns, and the fact is you've got the teams, you know, they can't move until the, the guy actually touches the ball. I, I don't fully understand all the rules. I know in the extra point, it's what, like, Two, three, four. I don't know. How many extra point tries can you? McCarron got a three-pointer yesterday. Yeah. I don't know all of them. And, and there is no uh, placement after an extra point, right? You just have to go for it. Is that correct? I'm not sure of, uh, about all the rules. I only watched a little bit of the game. And I, I kind of like the option of the fourth and 15, too, rather than the odds on kick. Yeah. So you can get a uh, one-point from the two-yard line. Run, two, running or passing, or yeah. can you kick it? You can't kick it. Okay. That's what so, two-yard line, one point. Five-yard line, two points. Three points for the 10-yard line. And A.J. went for three and got it. Um, and then the defense, if they were to score a touchdown in those situations, would get the one, the two, or the three. Um, oh, I didn't know that. The defense gets the... If you don't make it, the defense gets the point? No, no. I mean, if they return it for a touchdown, oh, they would right. get the same number of points. I see. All right. So, um, did you that watch any XFL, Nick? Are we out? No, and I don't your think chick- I ever will. Really? Yeah. Just doesn't do it for you. I mean, I'm just not a big fan of all these like little extra leagues. I think I'd get enough football in a year with the NFL and college. I need my own viewing off season. You know what I mean? Okay. So I mean, The Rock was there. That no, I, I he I was heard everywhere. He yeah. went to all four venues. <laughs> yeah. He was. How about that? That's caught my that got my interest. That he went to every of the four games because they have two on Saturday, two on Sunday. He had a, piled up a lot of bonus points. I just like can't care about it. I'm 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 generally on board with you. I was curious to see how AJ was going to play, so I tuned in to watch AJ. And I, like we talked about early, I turned it off after you know half a quarter. I just I just kind of got bored with it. And then as it as it happened, I just kind of I was flipping channels and saw the the end of it. And I was like, this that was that was a pretty incredible ending. Now you know, Mark. They they talk about these spring leagues and the difference and how how unique they are. Yeah, there's a few real changes rule changes. But when I'm watching it, it just looks like a regular NFL game. I mean, what's what's so unique about it? What changes? Not much. Now, again, uh, taking away from some of those rule changes that we talked about, but it's still football. Yeah. It's still football. And, and basically, most of the players in there have been either rejected from NFL teams or weren't given an opportunity, were late-round draft picks who didn't make it. So, uh, but I'm 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 like most people out there. I have to have a rooting reason to watch a game, uh, whether it's a a player like yesterday, like AJ, 
whether it's a fantasy guy that I watch in the NFL or it's a team that I that I cover in college. I I can't. I'm not one of these guys that just says I love football. I'm gonna watch this Tuesday night Sun Belt or MAC action. I'm, I'm just not gonna do it. I have to have a rooting interest uh, to to watch. So it's not necessarily that I'm anti XFL. I just don't have a very good reason to watch. Uh, yesterday was the exception. Will I stay with it? Probably you know what not. I switched to yesterday? Got away from all the sports and the. Uh, NBA all the Magnificent Seven. No, Matlock. Oh, you guys aren't even close. <laughs> the Denzel Washington, Mark Wahlberg, Two Guns. Was oh, on that's Netflix. a great movie. It was on Netflix. That's last a good night. movie. So I watched that instead. Yeah. Two By guns the way, Nick, to your uh, good for you meatless diet. My wife's been on my case about not eating enough meat and chicken and getting protein, so she cooked up some pot roast yesterday for me. I like a good roast. Yes. Not anymore, you don't. The old me, yeah. The old you. Well, so he can roast other things than the meat. Who's our number one chef down there yesterday? I don't know. There was like a lot of different groups and businesses in in that area, but the food was for everyone, and the drinks were too. They ran out of Bloody Mary mix by the time I got there, though. Amateur hour. Bring your own. Travis Ryers next. Hey, throw some suggestions at Nick on what he can eat for the next 30 days that isn't meat and good and filling. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Indeed, here we are. It's 7.04 and hour number two on this Lundi Gras edition. Thanks for hanging with us for whatever reason. Maybe you're still awake. Maybe you're uh, just waking up. Maybe you don't have work. Maybe you do. Either way, we're here for you. It's the opening kickoff. Some of the uh, headlines we've been talking about. Uh, A.J. McCarron. Uh, led St. Louis to quite a rally. They were down 15-3 to with about three minutes to go. Two touchdown passes and a three-point conversion as the XFL opened up its season. And A.J., uh, who did not get off to a good start, but boy, did he finish strong, uh, leading St. Louis to that opening win. NASCAR's Great American Race, Daytona 500, won by Ricky Stenhouse. John Rahm was the winner of the Genesis. Tiger Woods did finish the round. He wound up with a one-under for four days. He was 16 shots off the pace. On the pace, Travis Ryer, 24-7, BAM Online. Travis, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? I'm great. How are you guys? Well, as, you, as I told you, we get Tuesday off, so we have you on a Monday. Uh, first yep. reaction to Alabama being the overall number one seed, according to the NCAA Basketball Selection Committee, when it came out with its preliminary uh, brackets this past weekend. Yeah, you know, it's been a pretty consistent team to this point and uh, played at a high level. And so I guess when you look at the overall resumes of the teams, it's kind of a, a jumbled mess in some ways. It's hard to decipher between 
the top four, six teams in the league in the nation right now. But um, I know Nate loves seeing his program up there. I mean, from a recruiting perspective, it's it's very beneficial. Um, you know, with still what four regular season games remaining, and so much to determine just where the Southeastern Conference regular season championship is concerned. It it doesn't mean as much right now, but. Um, we'll see how it plays out. There's still a lot of basketball to be played, obviously, and uh, Alabama still got its biggest games in front of it. Yeah, and when I when I mentioned about them in overall, that despite the loss to Tennessee. Yeah, you know, again, I think their their overall resume has been pretty good. Um, you know, I know the SEC is what maybe third, fourth league in in Power Five type hoops right now, so uh, maybe not up there with say the Big Twelve, but um, they've scheduled in a way even that even their losses haven't been horrible. Um, you know, it, I, I don't know if it helped or hurt. Alabama that, that Tennessee lost to Kentucky on Saturday, for example, because Alabama has a win over Kentucky. Um, but I just think, uh, you know, there's so much that goes into scheduling now, too. And uh, uh, I think they're they're kind of being rewarded for some of that. And, and, and you know, they've you look at margin of victory in some of these games, once again, against Georgia on Saturday, um, you know, they've had some just kind of blowout wins of uh, you know, historic value here. Would you expect Houston, which won yesterday, and Alabama losing last week to Tennessee to become AP number one? And again, that does not influence the committee, but I, I'm wondering if the, today that uh, Alabama will be out at the number one uh, after one week there. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, again, at this point, as we talked about earlier, kind of just looking at how the number one overall seed might work out, um, it's been uh, I, you know, sort of a, uh, you know, a, a carousel of teams this year. Um, and so, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Houston went back up there. Um, again, Alabama's loss to Tennessee, especially on the road, I don't think was uh, condemns them all that much. But, yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see Houston back up there. All right, four more games on the regular season schedule. South Carolina road game Wednesday. Home game Arkansas Saturday. Next Wednesday, Auburn, and then the following Saturday against Texas A&M. Hypothetically, how do you think Alabama will do in those four games? Well, I think the the big key, obviously, is is making sure you get to that March fourth game uh, at A&M with just one loss, because uh, A&M just with two losses in the league, uh, you need to take care of your home court first and foremost. I don't think that'll be as easy as it's been. Uh, in some of these games like Vanderbilt, LSU, Georgia, you know, where Alabama's won by 40-plus. Um, you know, Arkansas is certainly capable of pushing Alabama, especially if Nick Smith is the guy that, you know, he can be. Uh, Alabama didn't see him the first time around in Fayetteville. Um, then you get into to Auburn, and, you know, the game down there was certainly very competitive. So you expect Auburn's very best in a midweek game before you go to A&M, and, you just can't – you absolutely can't stumble at a place like South Carolina starting on Wednesday night. Um, you know, South Carolina's won two out of the last three. They have come against two of the worst teams in the league, and Ole Miss and, and LSU. But, you, you you know, you get caught up in kind of what's coming after South Carolina. Uh, and, again, you still have to go on the road Wednesday night. So you got to take care of business and then um, see how it plays out. I, I think for A&M it sets up pretty well because – um, they get Tennessee at home, 
coming up here midweek. And I think Tennessee, when you look at the difference between that team in road and home performances, uh, going to just even last Saturday and its loss at Kentucky, uh, you feel pretty good about A&M's chances uh, at Reed Arena against the Balls, And then uh, Texas A&M goes on the road uh, to Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Uh, I think both those games are very winnable um, for A&M. And, you know, you get Alabama at home in the final Saturday of the regular season. And you know, A&M has just one home loss this season. I think people would be surprised that it came against Wofford. But that was back in December. And obviously Buzz Williams' team has been much different. Uh, kind of reminds me of Alabama a couple of years ago. Once Alabama with Herb Jones and that team got into SEC play, uh, it, it hit a switch that we hadn't really seen in the non-con. Are you surprised at how Nate Oates has gotten this program to the top of the, well, SEC? And, and now, if that holds true with an overall number one seed in the NCAA tournament, I mean, did you see this coming at all? I don't think anybody did. You know, you go the mid-major route like Alabama did, and you're kind of hoping you got the right guy. And in some instances, you have, and um, in others, maybe not so much. So we've seen Alabama go that route itself. Uh, and it not pay off certainly anywhere close to this extent. So, you know, there was a lot of positive traction with Nate in terms of what he had done at Buffalo and just kind of his demeanor and his energy that I think you have to have uh, at a place like Alabama where you're, you're obviously working in a situation that's good, um, but it's obviously secondary to, to football. It, it's not a basketball school. So, I think some of the attributes that are required to have a decent level of success, even at a place like Alabama, um, you thought he he brought that to the mix. But to the level that they performed here, really over the last three years, and especially two out of the last three years, I don't think anybody can honestly say, oh, yeah. Um, definitely saw the potential for you know, two regular season SEC titles in three years potentially and you know number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Did you watch A.J. McCarron yesterday? I did, um, and that was about the only reason why I watched the XFL this weekend. I wanted to see A.J., and um, I know you guys talked about it a little bit. It, it was definitely a slow start for that offense. Uh, but, man, in the fourth quarter, it, it was a lot of fun, too, because you saw the fourth and 15 and onside kick-type replacement rule and the three-point conversion. So kind of the innovations that the XFL employees, A.J., hit on all of them. And um, he got hot, and that offense got moving. And uh, that, it was really cool to see because I know he had talked about wanting his boys to be able to see him play and – uh, his entire family was there in, in San Antonio. And, uh, yeah, it was it was a fun thing. It was great for the XFL, though, because uh, it was kind of finished that, again, incorporated, um, you know, their approach to the rules and uh, kind of went viral because of that and also because of, you know, the way A.J. played down the stretch. Thinking out loud, and, and as we were talking, and I'm wondering, let's, say, let's just say A.J. goes on to have a really – terrific year for the xfl if maybe an nfl team will give him a, a try because as you know there's a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks and the draft is not all that heavy in quarterbacks and just kind of you know thinking out loud that if you know he extends that fourth quarter into maybe entire games if that there could be a call coming his way yeah 
I think I think it's very realistic to think if AJ wants to be uh, a number two or maybe even a number three in the NFL, he can still do that. Um, you know, I, it, I think it's about personal preference and. I, for me, I think uh, you know, being a, a number two in the NFL for an extended period is about as good a job as it gets. But um, I know he had talked about wanting to play, you know, and that's what he liked about the opportunity with the XFL. He was going to be a starter, and and if he was going to play again, that's it seems like kind of the scenario he wanted. Now, you know, as a two, we we know in the NFL, it's in, in a lot of instances those guys end up seeing the field too as the season goes on. So, you know, I think if he if he wants that opportunity uh, and he's able to stay healthy, you know, the thing to worry about in the XFL is the quarterback's health and extension of his offensive line's health. And even in that game yesterday for both teams in the opener, you saw multiple offensive linemen go down with injury. So that's still something you you have concerns about for A.J., especially at 32 years old, um, is can he get protected well enough to take care of himself over the course of this season? And, And that's my concern for the XFL in general. It was fun this opening weekend. Uh, but as they continue to lose linemen that are precious at every level of football, you know how much is the product going to be diminished in the in the next month or so? Travis, thanks for uh, hanging with us on this Monday, man. How can people continue to follow all your coverage of uh, all things Alabama? Just go to BamaOnline.com or Alabama.247Sports.com. Either way, will get you to us. Hey, have a great week. Thanks for all, for everything. Thanks, guys. Yep. That's uh, Travis Ryer, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's get you scoreboard traffic and weather. And uh, when we come back, a chance at some Chick-fil-A, which, of course, if you don't get, goes to me because, as we are learning today, for the next 30 days, Nick is a vegetarian. Plus, I don't have any more salads to give out. so Which comes with chicken in them anyway. So, <sighs> one man's loss, another man's gain. You can ask for no chicken. Well, where's the fun in that? All right, so what is it that you guys are suggesting that meatless Nick over there eat? (laughs) (laughs) I just got pause on the opening kickoff. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP. Hey, this is Ladarius Owens, former Auburn football player and current CFL player. You're listening to WNSP. Chick-fil-A I could eat there seven times a day Where the people laugh and children play Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A All right, here we go, 723 Up for grabs, old Chick-fil-A You know, I, I, I think I'd be safe in saying that Unless you were diehard uh, basketball fan that you had no clue who Matt McClung was. And he uh, played at Georgetown, went to Texas Tech. Auburn tried to get him in after he uh, left Georgetown. That didn't work. And he was one of the four in the dunk contest. And and quite frankly, not many, I, I doubt anybody really knew much about Jericho Sims, uh, Murphy, of course, with the Pelicans. So McClung wins it. He wins the dunk contest. Everybody raving about that. At six inches, at six feet and two inches, he's the second shortest ever to win the dunk contest for your Chick Fil A. Who was the shortest player ever to win 
the dunk contest? If you know the answer, 694-1055. That's what we call in the biz as a layup. That's an easy one. Come on, guys. Or not. Don't get it right. I- I'm good with that. I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. Yes. Well, if it's a layup and nobody gets it, then you get it. That's the plan, Stan. Can't give it to Nick. I actually enjoyed All-Star Weekend. The uh, The dunk contest was fantastic. Um, I, I thought it re-energized what was generally a pretty boring event. Uh, I thought the skills challenge, they added some tweaks to that. I, I, I thought that was good. The All-Star game, eh. I mean, it. you you made a, probably a pretty good comparison there early about the defense, that of the Pro Bowl. Um but the shoot, I mean, I guess what got a little ridiculous was that they were pulling up. They were literally taking half court shots. Lee, I don't know because you didn't watch all, but no, I wouldn't uh, watch any Jason of that. Jason Tatum and and um, and Damian Lillard, they were literally pulling up from half court, and uh, it's one of those things where I think it was Lillard actually made one of them. He actually made one, so he tried it twice more. Um, so there, there was. I mean, there were some. I, I like the draft. I thought it got a little long. By the way, halftime. You thought the Super Bowl halftime was long? Oh, my. The halftime of the, of the All-Star game, I, it felt like an hour. It literally felt like an hour because they had this huge, long production. And then they did this big kind of thing for LeBron being the all-time leading scorer. And they had Kareem there, and they had Carl Malone there, and that was fine. But, my goodness, that might have been the longest halftime I've ever seen in the history. Did we get a winner? We got a winner? Who did we get? Robbie is our winner. Nice job, Robbie. Spud Webb. Spud Webb. 5'4". Wasn't he 5'4", something like that? I think he was 5'7". Oh, that's a stretch. Uh, he was listed 5'7". Muggsy was 5'3". Oh, that's okay. So, Webb, Webb was the shortest before McClung. Maybe that's what they should do. Just change it. You have to be six. There needs under. to be a height requirement. You yeah. have to be under a certain under. height. I yeah. would totally watch that. Remember yeah. when Dwight Howard and Blake Griffin, they won the dunk contest. They're big. Well, I know that. Usually it's the bigger guys that win. That's why it's so interesting. No, that normally it's the shorter guys that win. Not necessarily, no. Big but guys' dunks aren't as cool because the smaller guy has to fly. But there's only the been like McClung and Weber, like the shortest guys. It's usually guys... Taller yeah. than them. I say short, but like Vince Carter, what is he? Six six. He, like, he, he can't be pushing seven foot. That makes it tough. No, you're right about that. I mean, who the guy for the Knicks that uh, Jericho Sims? Sims. How how uh, how tall is he? Because he he basically got panned the whole time. Yeah. Uh, but he was also he's also I'm checking. He's six ten. You just you can't enter a dunk contest and be six ten. And you can't enter it if you don't have any type of cool... His dunks just sucked. <laughs> like, who was he in the gym with doing that? Like, hey, yeah. hey, dude, that's going to be awesome. You're going to win this thing. Well, so my question would be, how did he even get into it? I mean, he... Well, I think that's I'm like a anybody fan. willing to do it at this point. I, I'm a Knicks fan. I don't even know who he is. Well, he... Uh well, he did the whole... The first one was okay because he put both hands in the rim or whatever... Although he kind of cheated on both of them, he kind of yeah, like the net pull. Yeah, the, it just it was he he was just kind of lazy. Well, and then he did the exact same dunk. Yeah, for the second one, it was just corny, man. I remember Dwight Howard with the Superman cape, Blake Griffin jumping over the Kia. Where's the showmanship, people? I That's had an idea. 
I had an idea to spark some interest. What's that? You know how they bring back uh, like old timers games. How about bring back Julius, Jordan, Carter, Dominique? You know, Dr. J was there. He Man. held up the trophy. He struggled to hold up the trophy and walk off the court. I'm, I mean, dude. I mean, I know, he, like, he almost didn't look happy to be giving the yeah. first ever Dr. J award to yeah. Mac McClung. He really, uh, he struggled out there. I'm not sure you'd get a whole lot of him, out of him in the. Uh, it would just be seeing these people again back on the court. I know they wouldn't be doing what they used to do, but still. Lower the goal. You guys AP. ever watch David Thompson from NC State? Not recently. Back then? You don't even know who I'm talking about. Did you guys see the little NBA VR uh, thing they previewed at the All-Star break? I did not. Well, we can talk about it later on. Okay, fair enough. Jerry <laughs> Palm is next. Seeing old players do things they can't do anymore. Oh, that sounds comedic. All right, stay with us. It's the opening kickoff. The opening kickoff continues. Mark and Lee from the studios of WNSP. Thank you for making us part of uh, your morning. Uh, Happy Lundy Gras, folks. Hope you and yours are enjoying the Mardi Gras season. Obviously, we will not be here tomorrow, uh, but we're here today. And uh, you guys can jump in at 694-1055. Or you can hit us up in the app at WNSP.com. Hoping that we were going to get Jerry Palm on, get his take on the NCAA's top 16 seeds, which came out on Saturday. I already talked about this with Alabama right up there as overall number one, which is kind of fascinating, even though they lost to Tennessee and they came back and destroyed Georgia. I tell you what, any team that has to face Alabama after an Alabama loss, after what we've seen, uh, and then... You had you uh, South Alabama winning handily, but then, as Mark, you mentioned about Auburn and Vanderbilt, it's a bad loss for Auburn, in my opinion. Um, to the degree, if you look towards the NCAA tournament, because they gave up a layup at the end of that game, and I just couldn't understand why one of their players, as good a defensive team as they are, you let that guy go 94 feet and just score a layup. With five seconds to go. And it was incredible to me. And a game that I think they needed. Because, you know, it's getting down to nitty-gritty time. And the committee is going to look at, you know, sure, they're they're close games, but they're not winning them. Yeah, so basically it was a high ball screen against Auburn. Uh, I, it looked like the guy that was uh, guarding the screener kind of hedged, but didn't get out there and stop the ball from getting downhill. Uh, there was a guy on the corner who who kind of jabbed at it, but he didn't get in there. I I don't know, man. It, it just wasn't well played at all, and uh, it's a tough play. It's a tough way to lose any game. You can't give up a layup in the final seconds. I, I'd almost the guy that jabbed. I'd almost rather he jump in the lane and force that kick out and have him beat you with a corner three than to give up a layup like that at the buzzer. Let's talk to Jerry Palm and see how he feels about it. He's with the CBS Sports and. He's uh, well known for the brackets and so forth and being very accurate. Jerry, welcome to uh, WNSP this Monday morning. Pleased to have you on. Good morning. 
Morning. How's it going? Pretty good. So the NCAA committee, the pre-selections came out. Obviously, they may change and probably will. What'd you think? Already about have. It? Did, yeah. <laughs> what'd you What'd you think? Did you agree with most of them, or where did you find fault with them? Um, you know, not too much fault. I mean, the four number ones had to be the four number ones. I would have thought that Purdue or Kansas would be one overall. Um, instead of Alabama, Alabama and Houston would have been three, four. Alabama has to be ahead of Houston, and it's really more of just the strength of schedule and quality wins. Um, but the committee felt that Alabama's win over Houston, which is the best win that any of the four teams has, uh, was enough to make them number one overall, and then um, and Houston two, uh, Purdue three, Kansas four. So um, that's that would be picking nits. Alabama certainly an outstanding team. So, um, and then they showed it again against Georgia. Was it Georgia? Um, they beat them by like what ninety. Uh, it was um, a pretty impressive performance uh, by Alabama on Saturday. So, um, you know, but then you get to the, you know, you go through these lines. I would guess the one team I would not have guessed would be in the top sixteen that was was Indiana. Um, I would have had them not far outside that group, um, but I probably would have had them outside of 20. I'm sorry. Um, between, I would have had them in the 17 to 20, the five-seed range instead of the four. Jerry, to qualify or to, to bring us up today, so what is the committee basing, you know, as they give us this to preliminary? I hear the, the word quads a lot. Is the emphasis yeah. on quad one wins, or what if you have a bunch of quad two wins? How does all that break out, yeah. break down? Well, I mean, in general, and this is um, not universally 100% true, quad one wins are considered better than quad two wins. Um, that's The reason that that's not always true, I mean, some quad wins are certainly better than others, um, and some quad two wins might be better than quad one wins. If you've got a quad two win over a team they're considering for the tournament and a quad one win over a team that's not under consideration for the tournament, the quad two win would be considered better. Um but, you know, for example, Florida, for a lot of teams at home, if they beat Florida at home, that's a quad one win. But Florida is not going to the NCAA tournament. So that's not as good as maybe, you know, a win over, say, Mississippi State, who at least has a chance to go to the tournament, uh, but might be quad two. So, um, anyways, it's, you know, we talk about, you know, teams quad one wins or their record against that group and quad two and all that. But we're really just summarizing because we don't have time to go through every line on their resume. But the committee has a five-day meeting, and that's why they have a five-day meeting, because they're going to go through all of those details. So the quad one stuff is, or quad two, whatever, is just a nice way to summarize things that makes sense. But just know that just because a team has a better quad one record or more quad one wins doesn't necessarily mean it will be thought of as better in the eyes of the committee. How did the loss by Auburn to Vanderbilt affect them? Well, good question. I haven't gotten to them yet in the bracket I'm working on today. I'm only through the sixes, and Auburn was, a, I think, an eight or a nine. They were in an eight-nine game before that. But from the bracket I did on Saturday, which took the committee's essentially top 20 because they gave us the five seeds out of order um, as well, I had um, – the, the teams that I had ranked between 25 and 34, those 10 teams, only one of them won this weekend, and that was Providence. So 
uh, the, the middle of the bracket is going to be something of a jumble. Uh, but that loss is definitely hurts Auburn. In fact, it might even put them on the bubble. Speaking about the bubble, going into this weekend, Kentucky was on the bubble. The win over Tennessee, how does that impact their NCAA hopes? Well, that's big because it's now two wins over a team the committee had seated third in the bracket. I mean, And in the end, barring some sort of collapse, Tennessee is going to be a highly seated team in this bracket. So um, that, those are really big wins for Kentucky. They're, they're not in the tournament at all without those two wins. Um, they're not a sure thing yet. Um, they're closer to, a, to a getting off the bubble. I don't necessarily trust them enough um, to not give part of that away. Uh, in the remaining schedule they have down the stretch because that's the kind of season they've had. So I still consider them on the bubble, but they're on a much better part of the bubble than they have been, you know, say, you know, two weeks or so ago. So Tennessee beats Alabama, which looks great. Then they lose to Kentucky. So what what do you do with Tennessee? Yeah, well, Kentucky game's a road game. You know, the home loss to Kentucky is the one that has you scratching your head. Um, you know, Kentucky, first of all, Kentucky's not a bad team that they're having a bad year by their standards, but they're not, they've got a lot of talent. So, you know, losing at Kentucky is not really the end of the world for Tennessee. Um, they're still, I still have them as a three, uh, in the bracket I'm working on now. And it's, you know, they're still having a really good season. You know, when you're thinking about, can they win the NCAA tournament? I don't trust their offense to put six games together good enough to, to win the NCAA tournament. I wanted to get to the ACC. I like you, your opinion on North Carolina. Are they in or out now? And a team that seems to fall under the radar, I don't know why, but Virginia, are they the best team in the ACC now? Yeah, and it's not close. And it hasn't been for some time. Um, but you're right. Nobody's talking about them. And the reason nobody's talking about them is they're they're not picking up any big wins because they're the only big win to anyone in that league. So, you know, so they're they're cruising along and they're doing fine and they're they're going to probably win the regular season title and um, if they don't slip up and they're they were a uh, I think they were a three in this bracket as well yeah they were a three um, in the committee's bracket and they'll probably still be a three you know going forward in fact it might be their ceiling because they just can't get the kind of wins they need to to get some juice and move up the bracket. How about North Carolina? Yeah, they're in trouble. They're 0-8 against quad one teams. Now, um, we, they don't really have quad two wins that are all that great either, although they beat NC State at home, lost the lost at NC State over the weekend. But so in, uh, North Carolina, you go, go back, I've got 30 years worth of data on tournament selections. The worst record against quad one for a team that got an at-large bid was Oklahoma, which was 0-6 in 1998 when we weren't really using the term quads because the they, they still had four quadrants for your games on your team sheets. They were just divided up strictly by RPI, and there wasn't a home road element or the net or anything like that. So, But they were still quads. 0-6 for Oklahoma in 1998 is the worst record. North Carolina sits at 1-8 or 0-8, and 1-8 may not be good enough either. We're talking with Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, looking down the road to the NCAA tournament. What's your opinion of Texas A&M? Um, I would like to see them beat better teams. Uh, I, they're doing well in the league. They did a lot of damage to themselves outside the league. They played a poor non-conference schedule and took two quad four losses. 
um, now, what are they, second place in the league? You know, because that must be because that's you know, A&M fans are killing me because they keep saying we're in second place in the league. How come you've barely got us in the bracket? It's because second place in the league is not criteria. That um, what they did in non-conference counts too. Uh, but their best win is, I, I see, they swept Auburn. So at Auburn um, or at Missouri, which they just got over the weekend. Either one, take, take your pick. Um, but those are middle-of-the-bracket teams. Uh, they haven't played anyone better than those two teams. Um, and uh, you, you look at, say, for example, Arkansas. Arkansas has played four games against teams better than that. They're one and three. They beat San Diego State. Um, and, uh, you know, so they've played a much better schedule. Their record isn't quite as good, but I still have Arkansas State, or Arkansas is a better team in the bracket than Texas A&M, even though, um, well, they split the uh, regular season series home and home. Just out of curiosity, because we don't usually take a look at this, but some of the uh, all, if you want to use the term mid-majors and non-power conferences that could get more than one team in, are there such? The Mountain West is probably the only league. um, Oh, well, Gonzaga and St. Mary's in the West Coast Conference will both get in and both be in the top half of the bracket. Um, The American Conference could put a second team in. If Memphis can beat Houston once, um, then they'll probably surely get in. They might be able to get in without beating Houston, but um, that league might get two. And then the Mountain West – uh, is probably going to have at least two, um, could be maybe three, uh, depending on how the teams behind San Diego State finish the season. Um, and they've had five teams in contention at some point of the season or another. So that league is the deepest in terms of potential teams, but they may not uh, put that many in, but still should be more than one. Before I let you go, the Pac-12, uh, UCLA, Arizona, how do you feel about teams like this? Yeah, those two are really good. Um, they're different. And this was kind of um, enlightening a little bit. The Arizona got the higher seed from the committee. They're both twos, but Arizona was six and UCLA was eight overall. Um, Arizona's got five pretty good wins and four losses, all of them, to teams that are not going to get anywhere near the turn. Tiger, thank you so much for the time. First time in a long time you have walked and played for four straight days plus the pro-am yep. what's your immediate review of how your body held up and where your game is at uh, my, my game's fine um, yeah yeah it is rusty uh, I made some uh, silly mistakes here and there um, I didn't quite pick up the speed of the greens like each and every day fast enough like I normally would if I was playing uh, but overall uh, I feel like I hit the ball like I have been hitting at home uh, now I just have to Tiger Woods I have to walk from point A to point his assessment of his game over the weekend. Not of his prank or practical joke, but of his game. Did anybody even ask him about the practical joke? Yeah, he had to, he had to issue a statement and apologize. It was like like every major news organization in, in the Can you world picked that up. Can you imagine if you had to apologize for every practical joke? You, you, yeah, it's just, That was ridiculous. It's I the mean, whole thing. Athletes do it all the time, especially – well, I'm not going to say especially, but in all sports, practical jokes are part of the business – is golf so immune from that? That is golf like a sanctity that oh we're not allowed to do a practical joke. And for somebody like Tiger, I I think it's I kind of think it's neat because he always had this stoic look about him that oh you know he's too good to mingle or do anything except go out and. 
play golf. He's changed. His demeanor has changed. He smiles. He's, he actually seems like he's enjoying being out there. Yeah, I thought the whole thing got overblown and uh, people overreacted to the practical joke. Uh, it was actually done in, in as private a way as you can so in such a public arena. Um, I thought it was I thought it was ridiculous. I thought the backlash. I, I don't think the joke was ridiculous. I think the backlash of the joke was absolutely ridiculous. Um, we, I don't. We are a society that is just hell bent on being miserable. Yeah, I. Good point, Mark. You're so right about that. I don't know if he'll win a tournament this year. I'll leave that to the better minds of golf, like John Ricchetti, if he thinks he's good enough. But you know, seven months off to come back and at least finish under par. He had one round that wasn't so good. That was yesterday. He had like five bogeys, three birdies. But he also had a good round at 67 and one at 69. So, I mean, there's hope. I don't know if he'll get to that major this year. I, I, I think it'd be if it did, it'd be quite a story. I mean, obviously, at the age of 47, 48, that would be quite a story. All right, so who had the worst weekend? Uh, Tiger Woods for his prank. Jericho Sims for his dunking. Uh, Auburn, Sims. Auburn for that defensive stand at the end of the game, or I, here, here's the one, my, or Carl Malone. <laughs> oh, I'd say Auburn because that that's a loss that they may look back on if they don't make to the NCAA tournament. So I'm, I would say Auburn. Who cares about Jericho Sims? I mean, he's like an afterthought. I, I, I'm a Nick fan, and I don't even know who he is. I'm gonna say Carl Malone. You think Malone? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Why invite him? Like, I get it. You're in Utah. It's Utah. That's why they invited him. He's a big yeah, U- he's but, Utah. Well, yeah, but you know the story, though, don't you, Lee? Well, I'm not sure. Which story is it? Which one of your stories? Well, is it's it a story that's about Carl Malone and a 13-year-old girl. Back when he was uh, he was in college, I don't right? Remem- I don't remember that one, no. Oh. What, go, ahead, go on. Go on. It'll I'm, change your opinion. Go ahead. So when Carl Malone was in college, he impregnated a 13-year-old. Yeah. Did not know and that. In the, in the, and the parents of the 13-year-old didn't want to press charges because he was a kid from the neighborhood. Um, and then there's also a story that came out about how uh, he hit on uh, Vanessa Bryant uh, during Kobe's days with the Lakers, and there was a big to do about it is this the year he played for the lakers that one crazy year yeah so when he go back to the 13 year old was that like when he was in high school or something or he was in college oh in college with louisiana tech yeah oh and uh he's got a couple of kids now that according to the reports uh he he was not close with in fact did not even acknowledge but now that he now that they have their own kids he is trying to somehow reestablish some sort of relationship. He's like a grandfather. Yes. No, he isn't like he is. <laughs> uh, I did not know that about the the 13-year-old. Yeah, and or re- even about Kobe's wife, no. Yeah, so a lot of that uh was rehashed here recently but only amplified by his presence at the All-Star weekend. He didn't see that coming, did he? Uh I can't imagine why he didn't. Well, I I can't imagine him showing up if he knew this was going to be an issue. I just can't. Well, it kind of taints his resume. 
Right. Kind of. Yeah, Kinda. I'd say so. I'd yeah, say it, so. It, it, it wreaks havoc. And what, what was he, can I ask, was he actually being asked about this by reporters? No, oh. no, no. It, but he was there, so his name started trending, and that story started popping up again on Twitter. It's just like the awkward elephant in the room whenever yeah. Carl Malone is around. Yeah. It's like, wow. Because, I mean, we're talking about the Tiger Woods thing and all the uproar over that. All right, right? let me ask you this. And then the well, NBA is like, you know what, Carl? <laughs> since they brought him back, since they brought him back, was Stockton there? <laughs> he was in the crowd. Uh, oh, that in the crowd? He didn't, it wasn't part of any of the festivities or anything no, like no, that? No skills challenge. Uh, By the way, uh, aside from the reason why he was trending, Carl Malone, was dr- must have been drunk during the slam dunk competition because that dude was way off on his scores on everything. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, he was like he was given like low scores for great dunks and really high scores for bad dunks. Like, well, and then and then Lisa Leslie gave Matt McClung the only forty nine. He yeah. almost had perfect fifty th- on everything. See, I thought they brought Malone in. Well, n- number one because he played for Utah, but more so because didn't they honor the top three all time leading scorers? They did. Right. Yeah, and I thought that's why they really they brought, brought him in for sure. But I get the feeling that they only they only did the top three because he was three. Right? And they were in Utah. Like, if yep. this game wasn't in Utah, it would have just been Kareem and LeBron, right? Yes. And Carl's got to get rid of the mustache. It's white now. What are you doing, dude? You're scaring the little kids. <laughs> too soon? Too yeah. soon. Still too soon. <laughs> John Ricchetti's next. Stay with us. Millite Golf Report. Opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, hour number three here on our Lundy Gras edition of the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee, hope you guys had a great Mardi Gras weekend and uh, are safe tomorrow. We are obviously off tomorrow as you guys are, but we'll be back at it on Wednesday. All right, do you get the uh, 8 o'clock hour started off on the right foot? We've been talking a lot about Tiger Woods, about the Genesis. John Rahm kind of falling under the wayside with his third PGA win. But who better to give us an explanation of what happened than John Ricchetti in the Miller Lite Golf Report. Johnny, good morning. Good morning, guys. Yeah, it was uh, quite uh, quite the show by John Rahm, no question about it. He's now picked up three PGA Tour wins in this calendar season. As a matter of fact, he's played five times on the PGA Tour. He's got five top ten finishes, almost $10 million in earnings, John Rahm, and we haven't even come to the first major yet of the season. And uh, an incredible play. And then, obviously, with his win yesterday, he now is the surplants Scotty Scheffler as the world's number one ranked player, and I probably would go and say that he is probably today the best player in the game of golf. And uh, he continues his great play and uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, the first major of the Masters, which is, uh, you know, 
upwards of six weeks away from now, and also uh, it's going to be awesome. And then you look at Tiger Woods' show, I you know, it's like I thought. Uh, I didn't know if he had it in him to really, you know, to really put on a real show. But I, I, I'd have to say that his performance, I'd give him a, you know, I'd give him an A, considering the fact that he hasn't played. And you just, I continue to say this: you can't. It's like any sport; you can't give so many of these guys continued reps, and you're just sitting on the sidelines and and they and try to compete because they'll just run you over. And that being said, you know, Tiger Woods, I think. If he can get another another start, maybe by the Masters, there's talk maybe the Players' Championship uh, prior to Augusta uh, would be huge for Tiger Woods. But apparently, uh, uh, he was a lot, you know, he was a lot more sore yesterday than he was leading on, and uh, I don't know how much he can play. I know he said that he, he's going to play all the majors and possibly a few, a few more. But I think it'd be very uh, very, very uh, good for him if he can get another start uh, prior to um, the first major of the year, the Masters. So we'll keep an eye on that story. Also, uh, uh, Bernhard Langer to start the Champions Tour wins at the age of 65. Ties Hill Irwin with the most records down in Florida this weekend as far as most win- wins on the Champions Tour at 45. The guy 65 years old. Tied his Age yesterday, I believe, was shooting 65, which is an incredible story in itself. That's probably not getting enough coverage uh, that it really, really deserves. So, also locally, we got some uh, the David Miller Memorial Golf High School tournaments getting ready to kick off today and tomorrow. Uh, this tournament is hosted by UMS Wright. They'll be at Magnolia Grove. All the top 16 teams throughout the state of Alabama will be playing at Magnolia Grove. Uh, today and tomorrow, and we'll have the we'll be live on the air at UMS right at their uh, their players banquet tonight on campus. We thank Terry Thompson Chevrolet for allowing us to bring the golf show there tonight at six o'clock. So we'll have, talk to some young kids tonight. So that should be a good show in itself. And the one last tidbit I'll let you guys uh, in on: it's uh, being reported that it possibly that uh, Brooks Kepka is having second thoughts of possibly jumping to live golf. And there's indication that he might want to get back to the PGA Tour. So we'll comp- continue to follow this story as more news comes out uh, on this story. And uh, other than that, hopefully everybody has a safe, All right, hey, happy hey, morning, girl. Don't go away yet. I got a question or two, okay? Uh, yeah. Tiger, yeah. Does, does he win a tournament this year? Uh, no. Okay. And the other thing, we talked about this practical joke. Do golfers do a lot of practical jokes during tournaments that you're aware of? Uh, you know, it's it's happened here and there. I mean, yeah, it's happened here and there. I mean, that's just, uh, you know, it is what it is. Tiger and JT, I mean, I don't want to get into it, but, I mean, it is, I mean, you know, and you just got, you know, it's just amazing how you can't get, how today is everything's covered. You can't get away with anything. Everything's photographed. Everything's, you know, tuned into, off the record, on the record. It just, Got to be very, very careful with it. But uh, I think, you know, Tiger Woods apologized for it. And, uh, we're going to uh, hopefully just move on move on from that and continue to talk about people that are playing some really good golf in the world of golf. Okay. Have a good show tonight. All right, guys. Take care. All right, guys. You can jump in best and, uh, best and worst of the weekend. There was plenty to choose from uh, on both sides of it, but I uh, want to hear from you guys here in, the, in our final 50 minutes here. We'll talk to Mark Calby coming up at 830, but uh, 
plenty of uh, plenty of stuff to choose from. Yes, sir, Mr. Uh, Wiggins. Were you able to watch that uh, VR VR clip with Ahmad Rashad? Yeah. Yes, I want to be on that. Right. Yeah. Show so Lee. I have not showed Lee. So Lee, what they do is they basically take you and they put you on, uh, like they take video of an NBA game and they put you in place of a player. And you do exactly what that player did. So if he dunks, you're dunking. I mean, if he's crossing somebody over and, and hitting from the half court, you're doing it. And it looks, looks I mean, he, good. he looks like a video game, but it's it's still pretty cool. Right, back up here. I haven't heard Ahmad Rashad's name in, ever since Jordan left basketball. Is he still around? Yeah, he's is he still, still around. How, did, how is he associated with this? He was the example of the guy that they scanned into the game. So what happens is you stand there with your arms out like a robot, and then someone goes around you with a camera, scans you, and then you can put your likeness in place of, like, LeBron in Game 7 of the 2016 Finals, and, and you can be the guy who blocks yes. Iguodala. Shervanian with the block! Shervanian, like, rising up and blocking. He him. pinned him! <laughs> That's awesome. But imagine being able to do that for any game in any league. Like, what... If you could pick one moment in sports where you're that guy, what moment would it be? I mean, for you, maybe you're, you know, maybe you're pitching a Babe Ruth. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe you are Babe Ruth. Catching a pass from Joe Namath. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, having some thoughts on that. How about can I pitch a no-hitter? I mean, it'd be a long video, but yeah, I guess so. it'd be a long so. video, so okay, I better go. Show. How about a ninth-inning Grand Slam home run walk-off? Now, you want to hit a Grand Slam or you want to hit a Grand Slammer? Both. Okay. Off who? We can make that happen. Oh, I don't care who. I, I'm not picky. So there would just have to be a ninth-inning Grand Slam yes, walk-off uh, out there, and yeah. they would just take you and put you in the batter's box there. Or like Louis Gonzalez, because I still see clips of this on TV game-winning World Series hit. I think that would be it. The game-winning ninth inning base hit to win a World Series. Now, I'm wondering how... Yeah, so you definitely go baseball route. Well, not definitely. I, I could, I'm not... I never was very good at well either sport. It anyway, doesn't matter. That's the beauty of it. That's Replace the, Suni Lee with uh, Lee Shervanian and have him <laughs> flipping around. Uh, that would be the last thing because I was... <laughs> I couldn't stay on the balance beam. Although, I, I, my wife told me she fell off yesterday. The balance beam? Yeah. I Your think wife? Said, no, my, that Suni did. Oh. She was watching the Auburn-Missouri. Okay. And I said, okay. how did it go? And she said, Missouri won. I'm like, she man, is Barbara getting after it? No. <laughs> nice. I, I remember. I, I I could never do any of that stuff. So. Well, that's the beauty of VR. You can do anything you want now. Right. I mean, you can be the star of your own video. Well, all right. You're a basketball. What, yours basketball? Yeah. I mean, I would want to do so. I would, I would want to be... Uh, I'd probably want to dunk on somebody, right? You want to do something that you can't do. Like, I mean, yeah. it may take me 50 shots, but I could hit an NBA three at some point. Right. Right. I mean, in the NBA, like we were talking about during the all-star game yesterday, I could have scored in the all-star game. There was just no defense being played. Like I would have scored. So, you know, to hit a shot or whatever, like to hit a perfect golf shot, like I could get out there and all day, it may take me a week, but I could get it. Give me, I would want to do something that I physically can't do. So, well, the winning putt in a Masters. I could do that. 18, I mean, no, I don't know that with all those people looking on. That's 
I could do that. I mean, I'm physically <laughs> capable can, of doing that. Okay, what can I may you not do? be able to, but I'm physically capable of it. I'd want to do something that I'm not physical. So give give me you air. Wanna... Let me go over somebody. Maybe maybe the dunk over Matumbo. You know, and he wags his <laughs> Jordan wag. That was pretty. Like I couldn't do that. Or the DeAndre Jordan uh, lob city dunk. Yeah. Over like uh, Brandon Knight, I think it was. I mean, the LeBron pin against Golden State. That's that's pretty Blocked remarkable. Blocked by Heim. Yeah. Blocked by Heim. Yeah. I still can't. Uh, uh, Put me on Mac McClung. Make me Mac McClung. Let me let go. me let me go win the slam dunk contest. That'd be awesome. Mac, I'm serious. Mac looks like the 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 what the my player from NBA 2K. Like that would be that would be me going through the video game. Nick, do you re- and white guy. Nick, yeah. do you remember Ahmad Rashad was a very very good football player before he got into broadcasting? Uh, no, I, I, remember I, I his wasn't name. paying attention to Ahmad's career at that point. I think point, his last though. name was Moore before he changed his name. He was with Oregon. I did not know he changed his name. Yeah. and But again, he's so associated with Michael Jordan. I mean, there have been some like broadcasters just been associated, like Howard Cosell with Muhammad Ali, Ahmad Rashad with Michael Jordan. Let's take a phone call here at uh, WNSP 694-1055. Who we got? Hey, this is Smokey. Hey, Smokey, what's happening? How much? Hey, Lee could be Nolan Ryan beating up Robin Ventura. <laughs> I think that'd be great. Get him in a headlock? Yes. Just wearing him out. Thank you. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I, c- I could do that. No, I don't know. Physically, yeah, I could do it. Let's make him, let's make Lee like Mike Tyson just dropping oh, some dude God. in like 10 yeah. seconds. Now we're talking. I like it. Have him be Vander Holyfield. Yeah. And then you can be Grabbing Mike Tyson. Grabbing his ear? And I'm biting his ear? Yeah. Oh, I like there's it. Our, there's our promo. <laughs> <laughs> can you I want, Can you do that in the old I could, computer you got over there? If I wanted to. If I had the time. It's, the kale, it's the kale moment. How's that, Nick? Are you, Wait, you, you, as you far as the time? vegetarian? Yeah. So, you know, I got a lot of more things on my plate now. Not, meat not being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so for those that just joined us, uh, a revelation here. Nick, um, you're not even doing this for Lent, right? This is just some random. No, this is just, you know, I want, I'm trying to change. Uh, he's going He's going vegetarian. style. Yep. I'm plant-based. Most nutritious vegetable on your plate. I don't know. There's so many to pick from. No, just no, don't give me this so many to pick from. There is one that is considered above and beyond. Uh, like the most healthy vegetable out yeah, there? Supposedly. The is it kale? I thought so, but now I've been reading reports and I look at the back packages because I used to eat kale. Spinach. Spinach. It's supposed to be number one now. Hmm. So are you a spinach guy? You like Popeye? I, I, I do like spinach. Um, it's not in my um, Wheelhouse? meal plan for the first half of the week, though. But we'll work it in. Right now, I got a sweet, uh, a sweet potato, black bean, chili in the crock pot. I'm hoping that's gonna be good. <laughs> when it comes out, Mark is just looking at me in disgust. Invite Mark over for lunch on that. Okay, let's see if he shows up. Maybe, maybe if you know Chick Fil A does this new cauliflower based sandwich. I saw now. that. I saw it's that. only in select markets. It's not down here, but that would be in your wheelhouse. Yeah, man. Definitely would be. Because, see, I was eating Fusaklis the other day. 
prior to your prior your, to my change your and new I was pledge. Like, man i really like the crispy skin of these fried chicken tenders but not the actual chicken yeah i'm like man you could probably put something else up in here that's healthier and i'd be okay i think and here we are now okay you know chris paul man he he went uh vegan in like 2017 when we all thought he was falling off and now look at him played in the finals probably gonna go again went to multiple all-stars since that moment I'm going vegan. I'll be in the NBA in a year. Mark, mark it down. <laughs> Me and Matt McClung, baby, throwing it down in the in the National Basketball Association. But I still am on cheese, though. <laughs> I like cheese. See, I'm not doing this for animal rights. I really don't care about that. Yeah. I mean, it's a plus, I guess, that I'm saving like a cow or a chicken. So you're what going to be the uh, PETA? Player of the week or something or person of the year? No, I'm I'm not the PETA poster boy. Um, <laughs> I'm just no meat Nick as the. Uh, no but see Nick. what I'm. One, one of your biggest whys was your family playing in front of your boys. You sprinted over here. Here they come right now. He's gonna get you. What does that mean to be able to do this in front of them? It's awesome. It uh. <laughs> Man, it's um, it means a lot. So that's why you made the decision, brother. Eight twenty-five. That's AJ McCarron after his uh, just crazy wild rally in the XFL. Uh, got very emotional uh, with his family there. Uh, saw the end of it. Uh, any rule that had been put in place for fans to make things more interesting. Basically, was enforced at the end of that game. It was it was wild. It was wild. His uh, two of his sons came charging onto the field, and you know AJ had said that that's why I wanted to go back, and so my sons could see me play. And boy, I tell you what, that's gonna be a tough act to follow. The way he brought his team back down fifteen to three with less than three minutes to go. But with the uh, the rules in the X- XFL, you have that opportunity. Of course, you you could go for three if you want. Uh, as far as the extra point, uh, I say extra point, there's no kicking. And you have the chance, instead of going for an onside kick, do you take fourth and 15, which they did, and they succeeded. And that got them in position to go down the field and score the game-winning touchdown with a few seconds remaining. Yeah, so uh, I made the comment earlier today, like, Hines Ward is the coach for the other team, and he was completely dumbfounded, just standing there like with this like expressionless look on his face like, I don't know what to do. His defense just could not get a stop. And when you think about it, if you're playing a really bad defense, I mean, and you're just chopping them up, dude, they will never get the ball because you could you could go for, instead of the onside kick, you can go for fourth and 15 whenever you want. Now, the negative side of that rule is if you don't get it, then they get the ball at, that, at the 25 and they're in field goal position to start. But, I mean, if you can get 15, if you can get a – pass interference or roughing the passer on your fourth and 15 dude i'm assuming it just moves the chains and you're off and running and again with three minutes to go they were down 15 to 3 st louis was aj's team they hadn't done anything they had a field goal so heinz's defense had more than withstood the challenge and then all of a sudden caved in with less than three minutes to go and it cost them the game yeah now it was uh it was a pretty impressive there ending uh, I don't think I'm going to stay with the XFL. There's not enough personalities that I know that I'm, I'm like, I tuned in for AJ to watch AJ, 
Uh, and then I turned it off because it really wasn't all that compelling. Okay, how about this? The, next, the first time we get Houston and St. Louis, Brandon Silver's and A.J. McCarron quarterbacking. Yeah. I mean, I'd watch for A.J. I'm not going to watch for... Uh, I mean, we've had Brandon on. Good story. Probably have him on this week. Um, I don't know. I, 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 Like I said, like it would have to be compelling football for me to even watch. Now, watching the kickoff was kind of cool, where they were like five yards apart. Because I, I think it's it's interesting because I think with the way that's designed, you can either not... You can either tackle him for like a three-yard gain or he's off and running i mean if he gets by your first that that first wave of attack there's nobody behind him so um the kickoffs that i saw mark i saw about two or three the kickoff returner got no less than to the 30-yard line or beyond i think now again i don't know if the nfl is going to look at this you know they they used to adopt other rules Uh, i know when the old afc played and they weren't the same national football league you know, they adopted some of the rules, and, you know, who would have thought that some of the college stuff that was going on back when would ever wind up being in the NFL, but it is, you know, with the uh, dual-thread quarterbacks and so forth. But I, I like that kickoff return because there's some action. I'm not so sure, though, that they would implement it, right? With that, That's basically admitting the XFL is some way better than the NFL, and it's like the redheaded stepchild. Like, do they even want to acknowledge that they exist that another league beneath them is doing something that they would then add to their league well you know, know the fourth and 15 has actually been talked about in the nfl they just never adopted it hmm. 829 we come back uh baseball is here south alabama coach mark calvi set to join us next right here on the opening kickoff so stay with us it's the opening kickoff the opening kickoff mark and lee here on the london gras edition thanks for hanging with us on this monday uh nick dug back in the archives we dusted it off and brought back at back to the 80s that song uh goes when i was doing south alabama baseball and uh it's still a a catchy tune and what better way to lead into uh <laughs> our next guest mark calvey the head coach of the south alabama jag baseball team mark welcome aboard good morning how are you today Hey, guys. Good, good. Thanks for having me on. Three out of four this weekend. Open up the season in the Jaguar Classic. What would you take away from this weekend? Uh, we pitched really well, Lee. Uh, have a bunch of new guys. Um, probably the newest team I've had uh, geez, since my first year. Um, a bunch of moving pieces. Uh, uh, had an idea that we had some good pitching. Um that was kind of solidified this weekend. Um, you know, just 
and and then had an idea. We had some guys that would would be a little bit like you know, it looked like their first time. So and, and it did, but it was good to get it out of the way. Uh, they played hard, and uh, it was it was a you know it was a darn good tournament. And to win three out of four, I thought was pretty good, especially you know losing that first game of the doubleheader after getting shut out, which that kid was really really good. Come back and win the next game the way we did um, against the same team, a really good team in that kind of fashion. I thought was uh, that was impressive. Yeah, and you're referring to Saturday's doubleheader with Eastern Kentucky. I think it was two nothing. You got beat. Then you come back. Didn't you score like 16 runs in the in the nightcap? That was like 25 runs. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I I must have left the game a little early. So how do you go yeah. from no runs to 25 runs? Man, well, <laughs> you know that that first guy, he just he didn't you know he didn't walk anybody. Threw three pitches for strikes. He was up to 91. Put it where he wanted it, you know. You you face that guy, uh, game two of the season, you know, and it's like uh, you you face him game twenty two of the season. He's going to be tough, but he was really really good. And then their starter in game two was really good. We we got to him, and then uh, you know they brought some guys in that that walked or a couple walks and then a double, a couple walks and a double and. Next thing you know, next guy's in, then they hit by pitch. They walk 20 and hit five, and um, it was it was crazy. Yeah, what do you, as a coach in the dugout, when you got a game like that going, you have to, in, the, in your 20s, what, what do, you, do you say anything to the team, or you just let them go up and swing, or you, do, you, do you tell them to take pitches, or just go up there and swing? I, I just, you know, whenever you're on the giving or receiving end of that, you just play the game. Just, just, you know, just play it to the end. Try not to play the scoreboard. Easier said than done, but just play the game, and you know you try to get uh, you, you try to get some guys some extra looks, you know. So in this day and age, where I'm seeing more and more, and I think the SEC is adopting that the mercy rule was there. There was no mercy rule in, invoked in this game, then, right? The no, mercy there r- wasn't. But 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 we had agreed before the game um, that we were going to do something if it was if it got out of hand because. You know, Eastern Kentucky, uh, Coach Prothrow was my assistant here for uh, four years for a while, the head coach of Eastern Kentucky. And, um, yeah, you know, the game got out of hand. They still had a game left. We had a game left. Uh, they were playing four games this weekend. We were playing four games. So we decided, hey, this is, you know, this was enough. The umpire was on board, so we, we just called it off. But uh, I, I'm for the 10-run rule. I really am. Until they, uh, until they increase the scholarships. Um, I, I'm for the 10-run rule. Mark, do you ever think they'll do that in our lifetime, the scholarships? I don't know, Lee. I, I, you know, I, I really don't know. Um, you know, the, the question of what should be done and what will be done, I mean, this is, this is it. I mean, should it be done? It should have been done a while ago. Um, I, I don't know. They keep using baseball as a guinea pig um, with the pitch clocks and the which is insane, and the no timeouts and um, the 11.7. I mean, how do you come up with 11.7? Like, who came up with that number when football has 85 and basketball, you know, they have, I mean, their kids are on full rides. You know, how do you come up with that number? So I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I think I think that the way it's trending, um, I think there's some things favoring the student-athletes, you know, the NIL, and I, I, I don't like the portal, but – I, I, I think I think we will. Um, I don't know if we'll see it by the end of my career, but but I think we will see it. 
Mark Calvi joining us this morning. Want to get back to Friday, Jeremy Lee. Uh, it's always great to have an ace ready to go in that Friday game. Now, of course, he was coming back from an arm injury. How did he look, and and what's the what's the hope for Jeremy Lee this year? Looked really good, really really good. Um, yeah, really good to have him back. He was hurt. Was the freshman All American in twenty one list missed the last month of the season with the, with an elbow strain. Thought we had it under control. Um, last year, came back again, then had to have the brace surgery. Thank God it wasn't the full Tommy John, the full, uh, you know, the, the full repair. Um, so, it, you know, it was a six to eight month recovery. But, uh, yeah, he was good. Not quite back at his top velocity, but um, he's got four pitches now. His freshman year, he had two. He's got four pitches now. Last year, he had added the slider and the changeup along with that fastball and curveball. So, to me, he's much more of a complete pitcher. Um, I think as it starts to warm up, and remember, you know, he's, he's a year out of surgery, so or a little less than a year out of surgery. So, um, we'll use him judiciously, and uh, I think he'll get stronger as the year goes on. Do you have a definitive closer, or are you a closer by committee out of the bullpen? Well, we do. Uh, you know, Grant Wood, Grant Wood got two saves this weekend. Um, but we have, we have some guys that, you know, Sam Knowlton has been up to 102 miles an hour. Uh, he's another guy that could save some games. Uh, Mitchell here and Colson Lawrence is the guy that could save some games. Zach Harlan. We, we have wood is our main guy right now, but we have four or five candidates that I, that, that at the end of the year, you will see, we'll have some saves. The lineup, is it pretty well set or are there still positions where you're debating? No, it's not set. There's so many new guys, Lee. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, we won two games with, uh, we, we went one and one with one lineup, and a couple guys struggled, a couple guys scuffled, um, a couple guys, you know, there's so many new players, you, you can't play them all in two games. So, um, hell, you, you can't play them all in four games. So I, I will, um, I used the same lineup the last two games because we put up all those runs in game two of that doubleheader, um, and they did a really nice job yesterday. So, but th- there's, there's some capable guys that haven't played yet that are on the bench. I'll move guys around. We've had a couple guys injured, um, both first baseman. One has a quad. The other one has a strain in his lower back. Um, you know, don't know when we'll get those guys back. So, uh, you know, we have some depth, but it's just a matter of getting guys out there and, and, and letting them play. Well, as you know, Mark, there's been a lot of controversy with Major League Baseball, rule changes, things like that. You mentioned the pitch clock. Do you ever think that college baseball will go with the runner leading off extra innings? I, I, I don't like that rule at all in Major League Baseball. Has it ever been talked about for college? Oh, yeah. They talk about it all the time. I mean, at the plate, at the plate, uh, pretty much every non-conference game, you know, they say, hey, uh, all right, guys, are, are we going to do the 10-run rule and or are we going to do the, how are we going to do hand, uh, extra innings? You want to do men on second base? And you know, all of us, we're, we just, you know, we're for playing it straight up. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad to hear somebody at least is on my side. What, what is yeah. the, what's the pitch clock all about now in college baseball? You have 20 seconds uh, from when they put it into play. Um, and the hitter has like 10 seconds to step in the box. It, and if they, they step out or they call time, uh, unless there's, they have something in their eye or there's something wrong, the umpire will not give them time, will absolutely not give them time. Uh, they're charged with a strike. 
the pitcher if they do not um, pick, and they can only pick once. If they do not pitch within 20 seconds, uh, it's a ball, right? So you can have bases loaded, 3-2 count, bottom of the ninth, tie score, and, and, and the pitcher can't see the sign at night. Like, he can't see it, and, and, he, and he, he steps off, and, and he goes, hey, redo the sign. He steps back on, and the catcher's giving the signs again. If it's within 20 seconds, it's a ball, game over. The guy walks home, and, and the game's over. Like, that, that's what they're doing right now. Did you have any violations this weekend? Yes, we did, and I knew we would. A ball, yeah. uh, the pitcher or the batter? We had it on the pitcher. It happened twice. Wow. It happened twice. And we put guys, you know, on the watch during inter squads and, and in the bullpen just to, to get them used to it. Um, there, there were, there's controversy all over the country with this, with this rule. Uh, you know, the, the kid from Tennessee was calling time, was screaming time. You could hear it. And, uh, and the umpire didn't give it to him. You know, they're, they're just, the thing is the umpires are being, and they're being judged on this stuff, man. They're being judged for the wrong stuff. They're being, they're being judged on, does a kid throw a ball in 20 seconds or, you know, they're just not being judged on, on, on judgment and, and their calls and doing the right things and attitude and hustle, you know, they're being called on stupid stuff. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I definitely don't like the, the new rules with the pitch clock. Um, I enjoy being at the, I, I think what's it going to shave 15, 20 seconds. I, I mean, it, it, or, you know, five minutes from a game. I mean, I don't know. And and then the time that it takes for a coach to come out and argue it right now, I mean, you're right back to where you're at. So, you know, I, I don't think it makes any sense. Uh, I'm for rules that make the game better that we're in or that make anything better. But this, I, I don't think it's made the game better at all. Is there a pickoff rule now? Like in Major League Baseball, you're only allowed two pickoffs to first base, which I, I can't understand either. But is that in college too or no? Uh, there's variations of it, yeah. But, but it, it's commonly... You know, it's all a trickle down effect. Sure, that's I mean, why I was asking. Be, I can't wait to it. We'll have the bigger bases soon too. That was I mean, my next coming. one. That was my next one. The the big bases like pizza boxes. Yeah. No, that that I mean that's coming. I, I just you know year or two who knows. Oh wow! All right, and we'll just have to. Times they are changing, Lee. You bet. Mark, what do you got this weekend? Oh, this week. Uh, we have Nickel State Wednesday. We have Nickel State Wednesday um, at home. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. You know, today off, tomorrow we'll go, uh, Tuesday we'll go light. Um, we were on the field a long time this weekend. But but like I said, the guys did a heck of a job. But, yeah, Nickel's, uh, Nickel's on Wednesday. And not sure who my starter is. It might be uh, Tyler Smith, the freshman. Or it might be Mitchell here, uh, a two-way guy, third baseman pitcher um, that I almost brought into the game yesterday to close it out. But uh, he, he's ready to go. So we have some guys da- down there and, and guys that we use this weekend that will be rested and ready to go Wednesday. So uh, looking forward to a good Nichols, uh, Nichols State team coming in here. Yeah, and don't, now, correct me if I'm is it this the week Nebraska comes in for the weekend? Yeah, you know what, Lee? Uh, yes. Yeah, I... I you know, we play we played a, a couple really good uh, Big Ten teams with Iowa. You know, top twenty in the country, and uh, Nebraska has. You know, there's been years.
right, one final segment of the day. Like we mentioned, uh, by the way, we are um, taking tomorrow off. So I want to wish you and yours a happy uh, Mardi Gras day. Have fun. Be safe. Make sure that uh, you're in a, in, a, in a spot that you can join us on Wednesday. Don't want you sleeping through the whole show. I could tell you what we're going to do, but that's like 48 hours from now. I don't, I don't even know. I'm sure Lee's probably got 12 guests already booked. What do you got? Oh, we're up to 15 now, Mark. Awesome. I mean, it's it's tough to find replacements for you. But yeah. uh, no, actually, uh, the usual Chris Stewart will join us Wednesday. Talk about Alabama. They're playing South Carolina on Wednesday night. And we are also going to have Barrett Trotter on, the former Auburn quarterback who was just announced and named as the Bayside Academy football coach. Ah, I did see Back that. up to that? Cam Newton. Yeah. Uh, Nick, by the way, uh, in the app, what the health and game changers are, two great documentaries. Plant-based proteins are far superior. Yeah, I've seen them. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'll teach you. Just trying to help. Yeah, but uh, no, those are great for our listening audience. Check them out. Look, I'm not trying to be this... Uh, Profit of plant ba- of a plant based <laughs> lifestyle, but, but I will say three days in, man, I'm feeling pretty spry. Right. Not gonna lie. Hey, did you get a chance to watch the Bill Russell documentary? You see, I was going to, but I ended up watching Black Panther instead. All right, but it's on my list because you know I'm a big I like Bill Russell. Well, I think it's more of a history lesson than it is right. a basketball lesson because there's there's so much crammed in there in, the, in that time period. You know, the Vietnam War, civil rights, marches, uh, the assassination of some of our, uh, our great leaders and things like that. So there's there's a lot. And, of course, Muhammad Ali and his refusal to uh, join the Army. There, there's, right. it's, it's kind of a history lesson more so. Uh, how how long was it? Was it like a, a movie? Two. It's it no. Series? It's two. It's two episodes. Two episodes. And I think they're. I I can't remember. I think they're like either an hour or an hour and ninety minute uh, segments, and there's two of them, so it's not too bad. Okay. Black Panther, pretty good. Black Panther is the best Marvel movie I've seen in the past Stop. five years. I haven't seen it yet. It's not good. in the last five years. Yeah. How long they've been out? I don't even know. It was awesome, man. I, I kept putting it off because of how long it was. Right. But people, if you haven't watched it yet, log into your Disney Plus, watch Black Panther tonight, gather all the family around. It's awesome. <laughs> gather all the family around. <laughs> I have not seen it. It can't be the best Marvel movie. It was really good, man. Like, I was crying in it multiple times. I was on the edge of my seat. Um... Other times? Other times, Were you yeah. crying Sometimes and you, on the edge of the seat at the same time? Yeah, I was crying on the edge of my seat. The tears were hitting the floor. That's crazy. Uh, it's a crazy movie-going experience. No, it was great. See, I kind of regret not going to a theater and watching it. It was that good. Wow. Just heard it wasn't very good. All right. Nah, man, it's the first Marvel movie to have someone nominated for an Oscar. Angela Bassett, T'Challa's mother... Queen yeah. of Wakanda. Right. She she's nominated. Huh. Okay. She did she did a great job. 
<laughs> he's surpassing you now in movie reviews. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm You're just spending too much time with basketball. Yeah, well, you know, I, I tend to uh, that just that allows me to kind of grow the to do list. Now that when basketball is over, I'll get back to it. I mean, so there's a, I was asked about in People magazine the, the, the feature is Paul Rudd. Okay, and I and I did read it, and of course there was a lot about the the ant. Ant Man. Yeah, Ant Man. Yeah. yeah. And my wife actually saw Ant Man and said it was Expired. really, so it was really, really good. Yeah, Have they're either good. Have you seen that? I yes. haven't, but yes. Well, I hadn't seen the newest one. There's a new one coming out. It's out, right? Yeah, it came out Thursday. Yeah, it did huge numbers, I think. I mean, most Marvel movies do pretty well. No, yeah. no Avatar or anything, but pretty good. Uh, yes, Ant Man is. Uh, I, I would. Re- I would recommend you get into a bunch of them. I think you would enjoy. Well, you're old school, so I. Th- I would go back and watch the original Captain America. I think you would enjoy that. Is that Chris Evans? It is. Don't you think he would like that one? Set in the. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, that's totally in World his, War Two or yeah, whatever. That's, that's your wheelhouse. Um, little, little skinny guy from New York gets the super soldier serum, becomes yeah. a superhero. Yeah. You you dig it. You know what? If it comes up and I can find it on my thirty or forty yeah. apps, the we'll original Avengers it. was actually on. I, I caught myself watching some of that uh, over the weekend. The original one, and yeah. I was like, "Man, they're young." <laughs> right. I remember going to the theaters. I saw that thing five times in theaters. Yeah. There weren't any other good movies out around the time. Though. It could be your product since since he's you got him watching Bill Russell. We'll get you a list of all the Marvels in order nah, that you're supposed I, to watch. I already tried to give Lee the homework of watching Avatar. That's I'm not going to happen. Watch one movie. That, that's, Mark's trying to get you to watch thirty movies in a row. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, but I do spend a lot of time going through the uh, apps I have, so it could happen. I don't know about thirty in a week, but you know maybe two or three. Well, just do two or three for like the next 10, 12 weeks. There we go. (laughs) It'll be Marvel season for Lee. Isn't Avatar animated? Well, you see, there's a fine line there. See, that's why I just have no interest in animated movies. It's not animated. Well, it's just as animated as a Marvel movie at this point, right? Um, No, they they, uh, use motion capture technology, and they enhance the real-life performance digitally. And they put you in a very realistic world, Pandora, this other m- this moon that they're colonizing and stuff with these um, blue people that live there. No, it's not animated. It's just it's um it's not real though, but you believe it. J- oh Jimmy, oh Jimmy Cameron you, does a good job. Well, he does, and he's really good. Were you at the edge of your seat crying on this one too? Not like I was in Black Panther, but Black Panther had like real reasons I was getting emotional watching that. So, but they they handled the Chadwick Boseman stuff very beautifully. That's what that was gonna be my next question. Uh, you answered it. Okay, very good. That was at his last one, his last movie before. Well, he the- wasn't. He was supposed to be in it, but he died prior to filming, so they had Ooh. to rewrite everything. And I thought they did. Like a really good uh, homage to him as a character in that film franchise and as a person. So who took over then? Who who did the, the lead? Well, see now now you got to go watch the movie to see what happened. Well, I can his, look it his up. His character is no longer. Yeah, right. I can so, look it up. Yeah, look it up. That. Hit hit the Google. I got the Google. Yeah, go watch that. Go read now, that Wikipedia. I, plot I have somewhere. heard that they are bringing back Paul Walker in the tenth installment of the Fast series. <laughs> I'm sure they are. How about I'm that? Sure they are. <laughs> 
Just saying. They can bring back Paul Walker, but they can't bring back The Rock. What does that say? Yeah. I'm holding out hope he's in a, a sneak peek or something, a little little cameo or something. You bring the Calvary? Woman, I am the Calvary. It's beautiful. Oh. It's beautiful filmmaking right there. I was watching someone do like a breakdown of the character transformations from the very first Fast and Furious, <laughs> where they're just racing to yeah. now they're like Street Racer, to yeah. The Pentagon. Yeah. <laughs> the character development has been off the chain for that uh, for that yeah. series. They've come a long way. All right, guys. Uh, enjoy your Mardi Gras. We're just about out of time. We will be back on Wednesday uh, here at the opening kickoff. Uh, the final drive this afternoon from 3 to 6. Um, and you get John Rochetti tonight as well. Said he's going out to UMS Wright to do the show tonight. Huh. Okay. Good for him, I guess. I mean, he's usually some fancy schmancy. Yeah, he mentioned that some golf tournament going on he's hosted on by wow. UMS Wright. Look and he's going to do the show at a UMS Wright banquet tonight. Very good. Good for him. Getting out there and... Doing his thing. Later on this week, you and I will be out at Baker High School for the championship drive. You get a little hey, coach, today at 6 o'clock, by the way, on the zoo, uh, by the way. So, uh, all right, be careful. Have fun. Don't do anything Nick would do, like eat meat or something. Actually, for a lot of you, this is the last chance you have. Not, not completely accurate, but you know what I mean. All right. For Triple G and for Lee, I'm Mark. That does it. Another edition of the opening kickoff in the books. We'll be back on Wednesday. Until then, see ya!